0: It's good to see you. Um, like John said, we're really glad you guys decided to spend some time with us here today. Um, my name is Jeep Underwood. If you hadn't guessed, um, today today we're going to be starting a new message series called "Been There, Done That," and it's not because we're apathetic. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, there's a, there's a couple of ways there's a couple of ways that you can hear that phrase used a lot. Uh, one of the ways is kind of a, a way of saying that, hey, I'm not really interested in that. I've already done that. Like someone, like if a friend says, uh, hey, do you want to go to Magic Mountain? You go, I've ah, been there, done that. And then, so there's even like even a way to go a little further. You go, I even got the T-shirt. You know, it's like, you know, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. That's not the way we're using the, word, the, the, the phrase today. Uh, there's a second way that that phrase gets used that is the way we're using it today, and that is, it can you use as an expression to just show understanding about what someone else is going through. And like, oh, I have, I've been there, and I've done that. You know, it's kind of like, uh, like something that happened to me when I was in college uh, is I overslept, and I almost missed an exam. So if somebody goes and tells you, you know, you know what, I, uh, man, I had a test today, and I overslept, and I had to run to class. I got there 10 minutes late. And I had 40 minutes to do a 50-minute exam, and one of his friends would just say, Man, I've been there, done that. And it's just a way of just like connecting with other people and showing that you really understand. Now, all of us, all of us really are, there's things that we're all dealing with. The things that we're all every one of us here today, we have things that we're dealing with, trying to figure out. Uh there's circumstances we're in that we're trying to navigate. We're trying to figure out really the best way to handle and work through the circumstances that we're in. There's some of, there's hardships in our lives. There's hardships in our lives and we're trying to figure out how do we, how do we lead our lives and we'll handle those hardships as they come. And then there's that internal mental struggle that we all have. Just this internal mental struggle, uh, as we're trying to figure out how to put all the pieces together and try to keep everything afloat. And I don't know about you, but I, one thing I've under, what I've come to understand is it's hard to explain to someone else really how you feel. Someone else like, you know, this is what, this is what I'm going through where they really kind of get it. Um, it's really hard to do that. In fact, you can, you can get to a place where you feel kind of distant from people and feel kind of isolated, like no one really understands. And I think, uh, David described, King David in the Old Testament described something a lot like this in Psalm 38. Uh, it was a time where he was struggling with some hard things in his life, some failures in his life. And this is how he described his feelings. He said, My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, even that is gone from me. My loved ones and my friends stand aloof from my plague, and my kinsmen stand afar off. You know, he just he just felt like he no one could really connect, and he he couldn't really relate with people. They couldn't really relate with him. I think I think we've all felt that way before. There's I think there's times when we felt like no one around us really understands. Um you know, it might it might be that some of us feel that way this morning. It's something that we all we all deal with. Now, as we look around, now as we look around a group, and we look around with people, we it's really hard to see what's really going on with them. It's really hard to see, like what they're really dealing with, and it's like there's things going on beneath the surface, but you just you just don't know what people are dealing with. And I want us to watch a video this morning. It's called Under the Surface, and it just it just kind of describes, kind of gives a picture of. It walks through this school, and it kind of gives you an idea of like what different people could be dealing with that you just wouldn't have any clue about. Let's take a look at this. Thank you. I find that fairly moving and uh, you know the, the, the reality is is that each one of us are one of those people and the people around us, they're also one of those people. In fact, each one of us we have a little text bubble around our head as we walk around the things that we're dealing with, the things we're struggling with the things that are hard for us <clears throat> and we're, we're, we're dealing with those things all the time. Now you know I remember a time I wanted to just share a quick story, but I remember a time when I was uh, a young man uh, about fifteen years old and, and someone I was really struggling with. I told you guys before i I grew up uh, I grew up working in construction with my family my my dad's uncles and cousins, and uh, you know from the time I was eight years old, forty hour weeks every summer, uh, all the way through and so I learned a lot about construction but one thing that was really kinda of unique about all that is all my cousins and uncles, everything, I was the youngest guy on the job. So I was I was like the you know, the runt. But I was the I was the youngest guy on the job everywhere we went. When you're the youngest guy in the family business, then everyone's your boss. And uh, they feel a lot of freedom to interject and explain to you how you're not doing things very well and uh how maybe you need to do things a little differently. And um you know one thing for me, there was a, there was this time when I was about 15 when it it began, I began to really struggle because I was getting a lot of correction. I got a lot of correction and, uh, I really felt, I felt like I just couldn't measure up. Like I was trying hard. I felt really misunderstood because I was trying hard to, to do a good job, but it just felt like I kept getting corrected all the time. And, and, uh, I began to, I was having a tough time with that. And during the work day, my dad and I, we were, we were at the truck, getting something out of the truck. And he looked over at me and he noticed that I had tears in my eyes. I'm going to try to tell the story. I'm not sissy. He also, he called me a sissy. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> um, he saw I had tears in my eyes and he told me, uh, he asked me what was wrong. And I didn't really know if I ought to tell him. And then I, I remember just... Uh, just being real with him and just telling him what I was struggling with. And I really didn't know how he was going to react. And he, uh, I didn't know I was going to get this emotional. I'm sorry. Um, he, he just said, Hey, well, let's talk, buddy. And we went to the back of the truck <clears throat> and we just leaned on the tailgate and we just began to talk. I might have to have someone else come read my notes. <laughs> um, um so we're we're on the tailgate and uh, he just, he, he one of the things, I don't remember everything my dad said. In fact, he probably often wished I did. But uh, <laughs> I don't remember everything my dad said right then, but I do remember several things. And one is, I remember he told me I understand. And he told me, he was the youngest of all of his brothers and they all worked together and he'd been the youngest guy for many years. And he really understood what it is I was talking about. And then he, He told me that he had really felt the same way and he'd really struggled with that. And then he told me that I just needed to hang in there and keep learning. And then one day in the future, there'd be a time, there'd be a time when I was setting the pace just like he was. And I remember, I just remember being very encouraged by that. Because at that point in my life, my dad was the most competent man I ever met. And just knowing that he struggled with that and he'd worked through it, it just kind of undergirded me and it gave me real hope for the future. And there's something, there's something powerful when someone understands and they can really help you because they've really been through it themselves. And, uh, you know, I went on and I kept working and I went through the rest of that summer, and we just uh, I continued to grow and and uh, began to be a journeyman carpenter at some point. But you know, that was just that was just a very powerful moment in my life that really helped me because my dad really understood me and, he, and he's able to really help me. Have you, I want to ask? Have you ever come across a verse like you're reading through you're reading through the scriptures, you come across a verse that just stands out to you and you know this is going to be an important verse for me. Well, I, want to, I have one of those I want to share with you this morning. And it's in Hebrews four fifteen and 16. And it, it says this. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. You know one one thing that one thing that the writer of Hebrews is saying is that Jesus had the full human experience. You know he had he had he, he had the weaknesses that we struggle with, he had those tendencies, he had he had hardships in his life where he was tempted in many ways that we get tempted in. He really you know in in every way possible he's been there and he's done that. He's been there and he's done that. He has been us, and what he, the writer of Hebrews says next is that he says, therefore, he says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, if you were sitting across the table from Jesus today or leaning on the back of a tailgate, talking to him and you were really sharing what you're really dealing with with him. Of all the things that he would say, of all the things, all the help he would bring to bear, all the things he would say, I know that he would say this. And that is, I understand. I understand. I know what it. I know what it feels like. And I understand what you're going through. And I've got some ideas to help. Now that's that's powerful. That's powerful. That the the God of the universe gets you. The God of the universe gets me. He really understands. He is. He's been one of us, and he is one of us. And he and he really understands, and he can really help. Now, as I was. As I was getting ready for this message, I was uh, just doing some study on this, on this passage. And I, I came to the word, the word they use for help here. It says, you know, uh, you find grace to help in time of need. It's actually a nautical term. I never knew this it was a, it was a nautical term. And it was like what sailors use. And it really means, and you know, if you've heard this, that's great. If not, I'm going to increase your word power. It means frapping your boat. and <laughs> You go frapping your boat. Uh, like Frappuccino, except without the less words. But frapping your boat—what it means is—is is that sailors, when uh, when ships were out on the, in a major storm in the ocean, uh, and the the storm was crashing and the boat was about to sink or it was starting to tear apart, they would tie ropes around the boat all the way down, and that was called frapping the boat, and that would hold the boat together when in the middle of the storm, so it wouldn't fall apart. And really that's, we're like, we're like vessels on the, on the ocean. We're like living our lives. We're kind of trying to navigate the waters of our lives. And when we're, when we're facing storms in our lives and we're facing things that are really hard, Jesus is, He really wants to help us. He wants us to help hold our boat together, hold things together as we go through these hard times. So, um, and because He has been us, because He has been and understands where we're coming from, he can really help us at the very point of our need. He can help us, uh, really right where it is that we're struggling because he's really faced everything we have. You know, maybe, maybe this morning, maybe you're, one thing you're facing is you're, maybe, maybe you're facing something very hard and you feel like running away. Well, you know, he really understands what that feels like and he'd really like to help. You know, maybe this morning you feel misunderstood about something. Well, he really understands and he'd really like to help. Maybe you feel like You have too many competing priorities and you're not really sure what order to do them in. Well, he really understands. He really understands that. Uh, Maybe there's some things that uh, really aren't going the way you want them to go. Well, he really understands that. And then maybe you're, maybe as you face things, you're just tempted to give up. Well, he really understands. He really understands and he'd really like to help. So, you know, when you understand, when you understand what someone's going through, it really opens up a door of opportunity to help. And with Jesus, that door opportunity is open. It's open for us to step through this morning. Any time, any time we we would we would desire to. And so, what Hebrews four sixteen says it says because Jesus has been there and done that, it says therefore draw near. Therefore, let us draw near. So there's, there's an invitation. There's an invitation that Jesus has for us to step in and get the help that we need. And it's really our responsibility to walk through that door and really connect to him and get that help. And so uh, the writer of Hebrews then says, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. So we're to draw near to him and then come with confidence. And that word confidence just means like full assurance of acceptance, uh, not holding anything back, just being really real with God. But you know, that can be, that can be kind of hard sometime when you, when you, when you try to be real with God and, Maybe the thing that you're dealing with is maybe it's the result of something that you wish you hadn't done, or maybe it's something that you that you did wrong, or maybe it's something it's a bad decision you made. And you get to it's easy to get down on yourselves and to really feel uh, to really feel like um, that God um, really wouldn't accept you if you stepped into His presence. You really feel like, you know, I don't know what He would say to me. Like when I was talking to my dad, I didn't really know how he was going to react. What's God going to say if I really tell Him? what I'm really dealing with. And so it's what the writer of Hebrews says. He makes it very clear that when we draw near to Jesus, what we find there is we receive mercy and we find grace. We receive mercy and we find grace. Now, mercy, mercy is just simply not getting what you deserve. And grace is really getting the benefits that you don't deserve. Is that's really what, that's really what God is like. When you approach God, what you find is, is that God is really wanting to help you right where you're at. He's wanting to help you right where you're at. And I think, I think God is probably, probably one of the most misunderstood people there is because his heart is for us. His heart is for people. He sees where we're at. He sees the issues that we're having and he really, really wants to help. And if we will draw near to him, we can really connect to that help. So there's, there's a story in the Old Testament that kind of paints a picture. Really, of what uh, what God 's heart is really like, and I want to just kind of go through this story this morning just in some broad strokes, but it 's the story of Jonah. Uh, if you look at the story of Jonah uh, in the Old Testament, uh, you see God comes to Jonah, God notices the city of Nineveh, this huge city, and he sees that man, they are just doing some things, and they're, they're just they're being evil in a lot of what they're doing. and so he tells Jonah in Jonah one two he says, "Arise and go to Nineveh." that great city and call out against it for their evil has come up before me. And so what Jonah does, is, his initial reaction to that is he runs the other way. He decides, he just says, I'm not going to do that. And he, he jumps on a boat, he charges his boat to another place, uh, to Tarshish. And as they're going in this boat, the storm, come, a storm comes and just starts racking this boat to pieces. And people don't know what to do and Jonah comes up and he realizes this is God trying to get his attention. And so he tells them, guys, what you need to do is you need to throw me overboard and you're going to be okay. And, you know, they had a hard time with that for a while and then finally they go, okay, we're going to listen to you. And they threw him overboard. And as soon as they threw him overboard, then they were okay. The, stomp, the storm climb calmed down. And what God did then is, you got Jonah, he's out in the middle of the ocean, he's out in the middle of the sea, and he appoints a great fish to swallow him up and he, he saves him uh, from drowning. And then, in, you know, when you're inside of a whale, or inside of a great fish, it says, for three days, you have a lot of time for reflection. <laughs> um, I don't know if, uh, have you ever thought about that, but what, if you look at Jonah chapter two, what you see there is Jonah really kind of just reflecting on how things have gone. And what he does is he does something very strong Is he, he repents completely. And he says, you know, God, I will go your way. And he, he, he just, he talks about how, God had really saved him out of his distress and he'd saved his life by putting, by having this fish swallow him up. And so he says, you know, God, I will do whatever you tell me to do. And then the, the fish drops him off close to land. He jumps out and uh, he immediately goes to Nineveh and he does what God tells him to do. And so as he, as he goes to Nineveh, he starts walking through the city. Now the city is like, it's so big. It takes three days to walk across it. And so he's going through the city and he's telling the message that God had given him that, you know, if they don't change their ways, then God's going to bring calamity. And then when he, what happens is, what happens after Jonah does that is the city really responds to God. The city really responds to God. Uh, the king of the city the and also all the people, they just really repent. And they say, you know what, we are going to go God's way. And they turn away from the, the things that they were doing. And they demonstrate that in very big ways. When God saw that repentance, he, he actually, He didn't destroy the city. And He a brand new future opened up for all those people. And they really responded to God and God really, and God really took care of them. Now Jonah, when He saw that, He got really ticked off. And He's like, that's the part of the story, you know, I thought I knew the story when I was in Sunday school, when I was a kid. And as I read it, I went, He got ticked off. And He got really angry because they, uh, that God had really just, He's really forgiven them. And he, and he says to God, he says this statement. He says, isn't that what I said when I was back at home and you told me to do this the first time? Is that's why I ran away. And then he says a statement that I think is just a, it's a very profound statement about God's mercy and his grace and what God's really like. He says, he said in Jonah 4.2, he says, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. He knew, he says, you know, God, I know that's just what you're like. When you said, when you sent me over there to talk to him, I knew that it was going to be a precursor to you really helping them. And that's, I, and that's not what he wanted. He wanted God to bring judgment on him. And so he just knew his God, that I knew that's just exactly what you're like. And that is what God's like. God really cares about people. When he looks, when he looks down at people, he sees that they, that they're struggling, sees that they're having issues. And He really, really wants to help. And He cares very much about us this morning as well. And so the reason why when we come to God, when we come to God and be real with who we are, the reason that we receive mercy and we find grace when we come there is because that's just the way He is. That's just what He's like. And because Jesus really understands, we can confidently come to Him and really get the help we need. And what we find is that our boat... He wraps himself around our boat and he protects us. He gives us advice. He gives us, he gives us, uh, things from his word that helps us understand the situation that we're in and how to navigate through it. He gives us all kinds of input. He puts people around us that really help us. He does, he, when you connect with God and you go to him for help, he wraps around your life and helps you through the storms. And as we're, as we go through that, as we experience that kind of life with God, as we're helped in this way, then really what happens is we begin to understand other people and what they're going through a lot more. We begin to really understand other people a lot more of what they're going through. So when we we see someone and we go, man, how are you doing? And they begin to share some things. We can connect some things that God has really helped us with, with things that they could really, the things that would really help them. It begins to turn our hearts outward to other people. In fact, Paul said, Paul said this in Second Corinthians uh, chapter one, three, and four. He said, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God." What he's saying is that as we, as God helps us and as God really takes care of us then what happens is we can actually turn around and we can really help other people with that. And uh, people that are facing similar things or even just hard things, but we have hard things that God has taken us through, we can really help other people. And that understanding of other people, that opens the door of opportunity to help. It's a door of opportunity that we can actually extend and open for other people. And we can really help them. So there's a question, a question to kind of, as we reach the end of the talk today, but, what's the the question I want to ask is this is what are you going to try to frap your boat with? And I'm going to say a little differently, but you know, what do you want to frap your boat with? What are you going to try to wrap around your life to hold it together? That's a decision every one of us has to make. We have to, we have to decide now what is it, what is it or who is it that we're going to try to wrap around our life to really hold this together as we, as we try to figure out life. It might be, you know, it, it might be, uh, you might want to try to use a person that, that some person would be that person that would just, they would wrap around your life. Maybe I would do a relationship. Um, if I just had that relationship, then that would really wrap around my life and that would get me through the hard times. Or it might be just like dedication to work and to a career. It'd be like, you know, if I just build my career, then that will really hold me together and I'll get through life. Or it could just be yourself. It could be like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to wrap me. I'm just going to rely on me, and I'm going to wrap me around my boat. And I'm going to try to just make it uh, on my own. That could be something we do. Now, just remember, as we're making that decision, as we're deciding, like, what it is we're going to wrap our life around, uh, wrap around our life to really hold us together, just remember that Jesus has been there and done that. He knows exactly what we're facing. And because he, underst- be- because he understands what he's saying to us this morning, he says, he says, I understand draw near to me and let me help. He says, I understand, draw near to me and let me help. And I would really encourage each one of us today to really take, take him up on that. In fact, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be looking at some specific or typical things that we all struggle with that Jesus really understands and that we can really help get some real help from him. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some specifics of things that that Jesus really understands. And, uh, And how he can really help us through those things. So this morning, this morning, I would like to go through just uh, a few next steps, uh, as we, as we wrap up. You know, that maybe for you this morning, maybe what, what you need to do, maybe the thing that you really need to do is just to take what you're really dealing with to God. To be really real with him. Just, you know, just to really, when you spend time with him, be real with him. Spend some time in his word and ask him to really speak to you on that thing that you're dealing with. Maybe for you also, maybe just listening to what he would say through his word and then just following his advice. Maybe that would be really what you need to do is maybe you've been hearing from things from him just to follow his advice and begin to put those things into practice. And then maybe maybe for you this morning, maybe it's looking for ways to connect with other people. Looking for ways to connect with other people to help them with things that have really helped you. Just connect with people so you understand their story, kind of hear where they're coming from, and really help them with what God's helped you with. So with that, I'd like to ask the I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and come back up. And uh, if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, you can go ahead and fill that out. And then uh, I'm going to pray for us and we'll continue on with service. Dear God, Father, i just very grateful to you that that when we come to you and we're real that, God, what we find there is mercy and grace and that you care very deeply for us. And, God, I just pray that uh, you would really connect your understanding with our situation and help us try really to learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen.